Beautiful song that was, Jenny, thank you so much. Reminds us that we're going to be home one day. We might have beautiful houses here on this earth, but they're nothing compared to what the Lord has in glory for us. And we're going to be with him and with each other forever and ever. Reminds me of a story of a missionary couple. They were coming back from the mission field. And at the same time, a political dignitary was arriving and they were coming by ship. And the political dignitary that was arriving, they had the band playing and everybody was there and they were greeting them. And the missionary kind of got discouraged and he turned to his wife and said, how sad there's no one here to to greet us. And she said, honey, just remember this. We're not home yet. And we as Christians aren't home yet. We don't look for our satisfaction and our fulfillment and our joy in this world that is so transitory. We look forward to heaven when we'll be there forever and ever. Aren't we thankful for that? Let's look to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you that you've loved us and you've sent your son, the Lord Jesus, to die for us and to open up paradise for us so that we can be there forever with the Lord, and we look forward to it, Lord. We feel this world is, is falling apart, coming apart at the seams. It's, it's just disintegrating before our eyes, and we're so close to the Lord's coming, and we pray that you will help us to live our final days on this earth with joy and zeal and, and to share with others the good news of salvation. We pray now that you'll speak to our hearts through the word, and encourage us and comfort us and strengthen us for the journey just a little further until you take us, Lord. And so we just praise you and thank you in your precious and most worthy name. Amen. You know, God takes care of his people. I can testify to that. And all of us can as believers. Can't we say he's taken care of us all our lives? Even before we were saved, he was working things out so that we could get saved. And since we have been born again, he's with us and he takes care of us. And God has his eye upon us. He loves us so much. He could never love us any more and never will he ever be able to love us any less than he does right now. And he's so close to us. And he calls us as believers the apple of his eye. I love that expression, the apple of his eye. And the title of our message today is, We are the apple of God's eye. The apple is the pupil. It's the small portion of the eye, the black portion in the center of the eye, and it allows light to come through and enables us to see. It's one of the most intricate parts of the human anatomy. And God has eyes too. And he says, you are the apple of my eye. We're precious to him. We're special to him. He calls us a special treasure in the word of God. We're his children, his sons, his followers. And we're thankful for that. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 10 is a beautiful verse about how God took care of Israel all those 40 years in the wilderness. 
And he speaks of Israel when he calls him him. He says, he found him in a desert land and in the wasteland and a howling wilderness. He encircled him, he instructed him, and he kept him as the apple of his eye. There's three things in this verse we're going to look at briefly today. Number one, he encircles us. Number two, he instructs us. And number three, he keeps us. And how blessed that is for all of us. David said in Psalm 17 and verse 8, Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. Oh, how we need that nowadays. To be under the shadow of his wings and to be kept as the apple of his eye. I've never had eye surgery. And of course, I say this and I'll probably be scheduled for it next week. But I always think the eyes are so sensitive, right? And when you have surgery on the eyes, you want to have the best eye surgeon because they are so sensitive. My brother had cataract surgery on both of his eyes, one eye, and then he went back and had the other eye. And I know a lot of people that have. And probably that will be my destiny in the, in the future, like I say, because they put these, these special things in the eye. It's a special lens that they put in when you have the cataract surgery that's similar to the LASIK, and you can see again without glasses. It's, it, that's one of the benefits of it. But we're thankful that we are the apple of his eye. That's how close he considers us in our lives. Well, the first thing he says in this verse is he says he encircles us. To encircle someone means to form a circle around, surround, to completely pass around. There's never a time that the Lord is not guarding us, watching over us, and protecting us. Whether we're awake or asleep, he never slumbers or sleeps. And so he is with us, watching over us. For those who like science fiction uh, movies, like Star Wars and Star Trek and all of these things, you know when they have two ships, one t sometimes what they do to protect themselves is they raise a force field to protect against the attack of the enemy. And that's what the Lord does. He encircles us all around every day in his protection and care over us. That's what he did for Job. And that's what he did for David. Even the devil knew this. He said in Job chapter one and verse 10, the devil says, have you not made a hedge around him, around his household and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands. And his possessions have increased in the land. But you know, the devil wanted to get a foothold there. He wanted to, he wanted to hurt Job. He, wanted, he told God, yeah, look what you've done. You put a hedge around him. You protected him all his life. He's never had pain. He's never had trials. Just wait. Just touch him. Just allow me to touch him. And he'll curse you. And the devil was wrong. Job got discouraged, but he never gave up because he knew the Lord never gave up on him. He didn't always understand it, but he knew 
that the Lord was with him. And in the end, God blessed his, his end more than his beginning. The same was true of David in Psalm 139 and verse 5. It says, you have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Yes, God is so good and he takes care of us and he protects us. One of my favorite verses in the Psalms is Psalm 34 and verse 7. It says, the angel of the Lord encamps around all around those who fear him and delivers them. You know, there's an angelic army. We can't see them, but they're out there and they're working on our behalf and they're fighting a battle with the devil every day. And the devil wants to get through and he can't do it because God is blocking him. And anything that happens to us has to pass through God's protective care. And he is above us. He is underneath us. He is beside us. And he is within us. You can't get it any better than that. And so when we get up in the morning and go to work or go to school or some of us are retired or whatever the case may be, the Lord is with us each and every day of our lives and he is encircling us. He is encircling us. Secondly, not only does he encircle us, but he instructs us on what he wants us to do and what he wants us to learn. Psalm 27 and verse 11 says this, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. You know, we all want to, to walk in a smooth path, but sometimes God allows difficult times to come and that's how we grow and he teaches us to rely on him and not on ourselves as soon as i start relying on myself what happens is i'm going to fall because i can't do it myself like peter when he was walking on the water and he said and he was doing so well for a few steps but then the wind and the waves were there and he was he was sink, he started to sink and he said, Lord, save me. And the Lord reached out his hand and saved him and brought him in. And we need to learn lessons from the Lord each and every day of our lives. It says in Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. And I will guide you with my eye. My eye. Our, his eye is on the sparrow, it says in the psalm. And I know he watches me. So true. And you know, the education we get from the Lord is the best education you can possibly ever have. You know, they call it, when you get into college, they call it higher education. You've made it past the 12th grade. You've graduated from high school. You're entering college or the university. And they call it higher education. Well, there's really a higher education than the higher education. And that's the education of God's people. And you homeschool mothers that are teaching your kids. That's higher education. And what we're learning from the Word of God every day helps us not only in this life, but for all eternity as we learn the Word of God, which never changes. It never has to be updated. It never has to have any uh, uh, changes made to it at all because it's perfect. It's God's word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, 
for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, thoroughly equipped for every good work. He encircles us. He instructs us. And then our third and final point is he keeps us. He keeps us as the apple of his eye. One of my favorite psalms is probably one of your favorites too. I can't speak for everyone, but Psalm 121. It's a beautiful psalm and just going to read a couple of the verses here, three through five. It says, He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Yes, he is with us 24-7. There's never a time that the Lord does not keep us. He keeps us from all evil. He keeps us on the right track in the center of his will. He keeps us by his grace every single day. I remember in the Old Testament when we studied the book of Genesis as a church, it's been quite a while now, but it was a beautiful study and we studied about Jacob and the Lord made a promise to him in chapter 28 in verse 15 of Genesis. He said, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. We have God's word on it. And that's the best authority you can have it on. That he keeps us each and every day. And you know, the Lord is our defender. Have you ever been falsely accused when it's not your fault? Maybe at school when one of the kids acts up and the teacher blames you for it. It's not not right, not true. Maybe at work, something happens and things go wrong and they blame you for it. It's not your fault. So many times we want to reach out and we want to defend ourselves. But you know what? We've got a great defender. We don't need to defend ourselves. The Lord will defend us. And he does. And there's a promise in Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 8 that says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, He sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. You don't mess with God's people. You do it, if you do, you do it at your own peril. There are those who persecute Christians. There are those in the world today that are doing terrible things to God's people. I don't think there's been a time that since I've been alive anyway, where Christianity is so maligned And so many Christians around the world are persecuted, put down, and even killed for their faith in the Lord. But we need to stand for him and he will stand for us and he will defend us. Romans 12, 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. You know, I got so mad at Vladimir Putin the other day. I was thinking, boy, somebody, this this man is evil. He's wicked. He's doing things terrible. And what he's doing to women and children over there in Ukraine and and, uh, the things that they're doing, uh, he needs to be called to account. He needs to be put on trial as a war criminal like they did in, in World War II. 
I mean, it needs to happen. But you know what? Whether he gets it now in this world, he will face it at the great white throne judgment. And so when we leave, leave it in God's hands, he will take care of it. Sometimes it happens in this life. Other times it won't be till they get into eternity where these people will be judged for what they have done against the people of God and against humanity. So in conclusion today, let's remember we are the apple of God's eye. We're special. We're his special people. It shouldn't give us pride, but it should give us thanksgiving that he considers us that close that he calls us the apple of his eye. He encircles us with his protection, his care, his love each and every day of our life. He instructs us in his word and teaches us his ways. And he keeps us as the apple of his eye. The poet Audrey Meyer wrote, Be not troubled with thoughts of the morrow. Of duties you shall surely must do. On the Lord cast your burden of sorrow. It matters to him about you. Be not weary when trials are given, but trust him to carry you through. He will make all the pathway to heaven. It matters to him about you. Then be patient until his appearing, his dawn almost now on your view. For the mists of the dark age are clearing. In love, he is planning for you. We thank you, Father, for this beautiful hymn. We thank you that you take care of us, Lord. You encircle us, you instruct us, and you keep us. Lord, we're on our journey to heaven. We have much to do in your work. We pray that we will be faithful to you in these last days, serving you, praising you, worshiping you. And we pray that you'll help us to have this song in our heart and the message that we had today. Help us to take it home with us. Chew it over, Lord. Meditate on it and, and just allow you to comfort us and encourage us in these last times. We just thank you and praise you for all you've done. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen.